The Bible Study Podcast, episode 444. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Matthew with chapter 17. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We got partway through chapter 17 last time. We got through verse 13, the transfiguration, and we're starting in verse 14. Jesus heals a demon-possessed boy. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So this is the scene that Jesus has as he comes down the mountain from the transfiguration. And we talk about mountaintop experiences, those experiences in our faith that are amazing, that are formational in terms of our faith. It might be at a retreat. It might be some particular thing that happens to us where we're on this high. But then we have to come down. We have to come down and live in the real world. We have to come down and live with disappointment. We have to live with people who frustrate us sometimes. And that's what Jesus comes back to. As he comes back, all of the rest of the disciples, remember he took Peter, James, and John with him up to the mountain of transfiguration, have been trying unsuccessfully to heal, to cast out the demon from this demon-possessed boy. And so the man comes to him and says, I I came to your disciples. They weren't able to help me. Can you help me? And of course, Jesus is. He's able to help the man. He's able to cast the demon out of the child. But the question comes up from the disciples, why weren't we able to do it? And Jesus is frustrated with the disciples. And he's frustrated. It's pretty easy to see why, because we'll get a hint of that just in the next paragraph, but he says, how long shall I stay with you? And remember what I think Jesus and Moses and Elijah were talking about on the mountain of transfiguration was that Jesus is going to Jerusalem. He's already turned his face to Jerusalem and he is heading there to die. And he's about to tell the disciples again. So when he says, how long, this is not a rhetorical question. He is feeling the shortness of the time. And he's frustrated. He's frustrated that they haven't made the progress he would like to see them make in their faith. Because he says, you don't, you didn't have faith. You didn't have enough faith is what kept you from casting out this demon. That's a tough thing. How do you get more faith? You can't buy more faith, obviously, but you get more faith, I believe, by continually spending time in the presence of God as they have done, and this is part of Jesus' frustration, but also by continuing to see God work. We trust in God in this thing, and then we have faith when the next thing comes. Now, I think the frustration of Jesus is they've seen so much. They've seen God work so many times. They seem a little thick. They seem not to get it. Matthew continues, when they came together in Galilee, he said to them, the son of man is going to be delivered in the hands of men. They will kill him. And on the third day, he will be raised to life. And the disciples were filled with grief. And that's why he says, how long, 
how long do I have to spend with you? Not that long. This is what's going on. This is where we're heading. And this is not the first time he's told them, but he tells them again. And this time they're filled with grief, which is good from the sense that they understand, it seems. And Matthew continues, after Jesus and his disciples arrived in Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma temple tax came to Peter and asked, doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, he replied. When Peter came into the house, Jesus was the first to speak. What do you think, Simon, he asked, from whom do the kings of earth collect duty and taxes, from their own children or from others? From others, Peter answered. Then the children are exempt, Jesus said to him. But so that we may not cause offense, go to the lake and throw out your line. Take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find a four drachma coin. Take it and give it to them for my tax and yours. This is just a funny little story here because Jesus is faced with in this particular chapter, death and taxes. We are told you can't get away from either of those. Apparently, Jesus also faced death and taxes. Death, because he is heading to Jerusalem, and then taxes, this little tiny tax that's going on. I say tiny tax, a drachma is about a day's wage, so it's not a ridiculously small amount, but it is such a a little thing when you think of the drama that's going on here. We're in between the Mountain of Transfiguration and the Hill of Golgotha, And Jesus is dealing with this little tax issue. So basically, Peter is approached by the tax collectors and say, what's the story with Jesus and taxes? They want to know his stance on taxes. It's it's an election year, I guess. And everybody has to have a stance on taxes. And so doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? And Jesus saying here, you know, from whom do the kings of earth collect duty and taxes from their children or from others? He's saying, in the temple tax... Really, he should be exempt. (laughs) Really, that because he is the son of the owner, he really ought to be exempt for the temple tax. But he doesn't want to cause offense. He doesn't want to give people a reason that is unimportant for having an issue with Jesus. And so he solves it. And, of course, the, the way that we all solve our taxes, we go fishing. It's just such a funny story. Now, of course, Peter is a fisherman, so he knows how to fish. And where do you go when you need money? You go fishing and you take coins out of the mouths of the fish you catch. I don't understand why Jesus decided to solve this problem this way. But how much work did it take to set this up? Did God have to make sure that this fish swallowed the coin? Did God manufacture the coin? In which case, why couldn't Jesus just do a sleight of hand? I think it's more the latter, that God sort of manipulated things so that somebody, you know, was on on a boat and they dropped a four-drachma coin and a fish ate it, and Jesus knew that if Peter went out there and fished, he would find it. And the thing that's funny about this is, I don't know if you have found, I have been with organizations, Christian organizations, that were supported entirely on... Uh, on gifts. I think of the college organization that I was at at school. And we prayed a lot. We prayed for the finances because we were poor college students. And we would have bills that would come up that would need to be paid. And so many times we had a, a donation from alumni or somebody like that who was completely oblivious to the fact that we had this bill. And yet the amount that we got in the donation would cover the bill. And I've seen this in other places where that we're relying in faith on God. And it strikes me as funny because it seems to be the way that God works sometimes, like the man in the wilderness, that he provides enough for today. 
And I think if you continually put your faith in God, if you continue to have your faith grow, that you will continue to see God working and working in strange and wonderful ways, working in big showy ways, sometimes like the Mount of Transfiguration, sure. But I think more often working in little ways, like just go fishing and God will provide. God works in funny ways. And I think he works in funny ways today. And I think he is still at work today. And I invite you to keep an eye out for those little ways that God is working in your life and in the life of those you love and care for this week. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. A great comment to leave would be, how has God been working in your life this week? You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest as Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. No matter what you're going through, you are not alone. Sis, if you've experienced pain in your father-daughter relationship, I want you to know that you are loved and seen. I'm Kia Stevens, host of the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, and I created my show to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. Join me for encouragement, wisdom, and scripture. Just search Hope for Women with Father Wounds on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcast.